We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it's September 26th. It is 2023. We have an 11 game at baseball slate to talk about here on today's podcast. Joined today by my buddy Keith Eister. Eyes 819. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Busy Monday night. We just had our, our small three game baseball slate kickoff. We've had obviously in the middle of the, the Monday night football doubleheader. So lots going on here as, as we're recording. Got, got, all kinds of action out there, so kind of keeping one eye on, on what's going on outside the podcast, but happy to jump in and break down this MLB Tuesday. We've got uh, very few of these left. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, playoff right around the corner. Just watch, uh, man, Jordan Alvarez just smashed a baseball. Um, Luis <laughs> Castillo just gave up a absolute bomb to Jordan Alvarez. So uh, what's up? Happy happy Monday night, everyone in YouTube. I see um, people hanging out with us over there. So what's up? Hope everyone's having a much better two-game NFL slate than me. Um, baseball, so far, so good. I said it on the podcast yesterday. This is probably a slate that I just played like one team. And uh, it ended up being Verlander, Snell, and a full Texas Angels game stack. So we'll see how that kind of pans out. But um, not having Castillo seems to be – a good start to the baseball slate. So, um, yeah, we were talking a little bit pre-show. Um, Castillo coming in higher own Verlander was a surprise to both of us. Like Houston just strikes out so little. Verlander had a six and a half strikeout prop. Castillo had a five and a half strikeout prop. So I didn't understand that ownership. And Castillo was more expensive. So we talked on the podcast last night that we might pivot to Castillo just because of ownership. And then turns out Castillo was higher own. So I was happy to play Verlander tonight too. Joe Burrow, we're watching the the end of this um, Rams Bengals game. The the Bucks game was atrociously bad. Um, <laughs> this game's not been much better uh, for what it's what it's <laughs> worth. Like Burrow looks really hurt, and um, hey, like creative creative juices are flowing for the Bengals because they got Jamar Chase everywhere right now, trying to get him involved. Um, and that's I mean I feel like that's what we kind of wanted week week one and week two so it's good to it's, see that it's basically just burrow throwing it to him like within five yards and hoping that chase can make a play like burrow has not thrown the ball downfield more than five times the entire game 
yeah, he looks he looks hurt. Uh, Mixing with a the touchdown there is um, going to make that game more interesting for sure. So, um, yeah, let's let's talk some baseball. We went down, we went through the standings yesterday on the on the smaller podcast. Um, so we'll definitely be watching that. Like I, I we'll watch it more. Probably we'll probably check back in on like Thursday, but obviously we're, we'll be talking about it as we're talking about some games. But let's jump in, have some fun here. We get started with the Yankees at Toronto facing the Blue Jays. King against Gaussman. This game has a seven total. The Blue Jays, a 160 favorite. Uh, Michael King has been phenomenal. At least eight strikeouts in three matchups in a row. 13 strikeouts against Toronto last time out. We talked about it. He was one of our favorite plays on the podcast last week when we had this same matchup. They're so right-handed heavy, and he is very talented young pitcher. I mean, I think I go back to the well here. He's 6000 He went up $100 after putting up almost 37 fantasy points. Like, how do we not have interest in Michael King in this spot? You have to, right? Like, I hate playing pitchers in back-to-back starts against the same team. But even if he sees a slight fall off in strikeouts because he's going back to back, like he's still live for nine or 10. Um, I don't know what DraftKings is doing with this pricing here. He's been incredible since they've fully stretched him out. The strikeout rate from the bullpen has translated almost completely. He's above 31% on the season. $6,000 is like $3,000 too cheap in this matchup. Like you, you just have to have interest in, in Michael King. It's a rematch of, of this uh, matchup from last week, both stri- both pitchers had double-digit strikeouts. So King being 5,500 less than Gaussman, you have to go right back to the wall, I think. Yeah, I love I love the matchup. I think the matchup is phenomenal. Um, yeah, it's hard for me not to have um, a ton of interest here in this price. Like, he's just – he's too cheap for his upside. And, like, he's too cheap for almost – want to say he's too cheap for like his floor um more than anything else so yeah. um love love the love the price and matchup here going to the other side gaussman 11-5 um obviously he just dominated the same team um a week ago as well 10 strikeouts they're a very right-handed heavy offense gaussman is a very good pitcher against right-handed hitters like i, I mean i could see myself like Playing both of these guys together, you know, Eflin, tough matchup in Boston, Steele, tough matchup in Atlanta, Kirby against Houston. I mean, Bailey Ober is kind of where we start to get easier matchups. We got Bobby Miller against Colorado that we'll talk about. Like, it's just when you're looking at the slate, I think like if you're going to spend up, it's it's probably Gaussman against the Yankees. Yeah, I, I agree. If you're spending up, it's Gaussman against the Yankees, but uh, we do have the Dodgers in Coors Field that that we definitely need to keep in mind here. How often are we paying up for pitching? It's a it's a great matchup for Gaussman. He's been incredible this year. Strikeout rate above thirty percent. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a decision point because you're not playing Gaussman in a in a full Dodger stack. Um, if you're if you're intent on fading Coors, then I think Gaussman is going to be a primary pivot for you, and that makes a ton of sense to me. So. If spending up, Gaussman is certainly the guy. The upside's tremendous in this matchup against a Yankees team that, that strikes out a bunch. Um, it's just it's whether you feel comfortable fading the Dodgers or not is, is basically the decision point, I think. 
I could see saving money at pitcher today and not going up to Gaussman. Um, but I mean, like I said, I think if you are if you are paying up, I just I don't see a reason um, why you wouldn't have interest in Gaussman. As far as the Yankees bats are concerned, I mean they don't really have like power lefties to attack Gaussman. I think it's a really good spot for Gaussman. Probably off the Yankees bats outside of maybe like taking home run shots with like Judge or Stanton, but Judge at sixty five hundred as a one off, it's just it's always tough to swallow that price when you're one offing him. But I mean, he's one of a few hitters that legitly have three home run upside on any given slate. Yeah, no interest for me in the Yankees. I'm I'm not tracking attacking the most atta- most talented pitcher on the, on the slate. It's an eleven game slate. I can find plenty of better one offs. Uh, Toronto bats. I mean, kind of the same thing. They don't really have that like left-handed power. It is the second matchup in a row for, like you said, for both of these pitchers. So maybe in that aspect, you look at stacking Toronto, but I mean, everything that we've seen from King so far is like, this looks like it is very, very legit. Um, So I, I don't see myself playing a lot of Toronto bats. This game has a seven total for a reason. Yeah, I, I mean, you nailed it there. Uh, King's strikeout ability is real. The fact that he's shown it to us now that he's fully stretched out, I'm I'm buying into what he's doing. So I, I have no interest in a, a, a Toronto offense that's been largely disappointing this year overall anyway. I got Tampa Bay at Boston facing the Red Sox. Eight and a half total in this game. Rays a 135 favorite. Uh, Zach Eflin against Tanner Houck. Uh Zach Eflin, 10-3. Tougher matchup against Boston. I don't think that like he necessarily has some of the upside as guys below him. Um, I mean, I don't think Eflin's a bad pitcher. I just don't see myself getting to Zach Eflin today. Yeah, the price tag is tough. The the upside thing is interesting. He has been striking out a lot more guys here recently, but he gets a massive ballpark downgrade going into Fenway. Um, Boston, not a team that strikes out a ton, uh, much more that they strike out much more than they did at the beginning of the season. Now that they've, they've got a couple of young guys up, Trevor story back in the lineup, Duvall was down for a little bit. So there, there are a few strikeouts in this Boston lineup, but the ballpark downgrade, the price tag, it's like, if I'm getting up to this, this range, it's just going to be Gaussman for me. Yeah. I will say like my upside comment a lot more to do with like his pitch count. Like, yeah, his strikeouts are up, but I mean, he's under 90 pitches in four of his last five starts. So um, kids gloves. I mean, the Rays are, you know, we talked about it on the podcast yesterday. Rays are in a great spot. They're clinched the wild card. They're trying to catch Baltimore and Baltimore just keeps winning. Um, Tanner Hout on the other side of this game. I don't think I will do it. Um, I mean, if we do get a, I don't mean this in the mean way, but if we do get like an above average pitcher against Tampa right now, they could be interesting. Like Diaz is banged up or Rosarina is banged up. They just price plays Brandon Lau um, on the IL. So, I mean, it sounds like he's going to be out three to five, four to six weeks in that range. Um, so, I mean, the lineup overall is not as strong for Tampa, but I mean, Tanner Houch is just not a guy that's going to go out and dominate a team. He's going to have one or two good starts every one, now and then, but he needs a very right-handed heavy strikeout heavy offense um, for him to have upside. Yeah. If, if this game were in Tampa, I would, I would have some interest here, but being in Fenway, um, I, I definitely hear your comments about the Tampa Bay offense being watered down. They're, like they're one of the best offenses, but they're they're missing a couple of pieces right now. Being in Fenway Park, though, 
Um, we just talked about Michael King, $1,000 less. There's another guy later on who's a, slightly cheaper than him too that I think is very much in play. Don't see myself playing Hauk at home here uh, against a, a good Tampa Bay offense. They're pro- probably not an elite Tampa Bay offense as constructed currently, uh, but still above average, I would say. I mean, what, three of their best four hitters out of the lineup? Yeah. So, uh, Tampa Bats, I will say one thing, like, with the injuries, um, they're going to be cheap. Like, Tampa is going to have some cheap pieces here. We'll have to kind of wait and see what the lineup looks like. Um, But, I mean, like, this might be a spot like Curtis Mead cracks the lineup. He's cheap. Um, Gosh, yeah. I mean, we're going to – I'm definitely going to have some interest in the Tampa Bats. And, I mean, this might be one of those spots we're looking for, like, one, two, maybe even like a mini stack, three-man stack, uh, to just play some value. Yeah, I do think you could find three cheap guys. I've talked about the ballpark enough. Like, this is a massive upgrade – for the Tampa Bats in terms of ballpark, um, going from one of the best pitchers parks in baseball at home to Fenway Park, with, which is one of the best hitters parks. Um, Common Arrow is a, is a, an elite prospect who's still really cheap. I like that play. Um, has shortstop eligibility, so I like that. Um, like you said, you just got to kind of see what the lineup is. Uh, like there, there's going to be some replacements in there. There's some guys who are who are listed as day to day right now. But I, I don't hate trying to find a cheap three man here in, in a great hitter's park. Uh, Boston Bats. I mean, obviously, I think Devers, Yoshida, Verdugo um, are all very interesting. They called up Valdez. I, I don't mind maybe taking some shots on Valdez here. Um, I don't know what's his price. 3K at second base. I don't mind that. Um, he has a little bit of upside here. We saw him a little bit earlier this year, and um, now he's back up at the big league club. Has a little bit of pop, has some stolen base upside as well. Um, so don't mind Valdez at 3K at second base. Yeah, I'm, like it's strictly ballpark related here. I think Eflin is a, is a well above average pitcher. Um, I'm not I'm not hugely interested in these, in these Boston bats. If they were cheaper, I would have more interest. But ballpark, I think you can take some shots here. Yoshida at 4,200, I like that call. Um, the Valdez call as well, I'm, I'm on board with. Um, let's see who else here. If a Bray is in the lineup, I, I wouldn't mind that I, again. Like, I don't think I'm spending up for like a premium Boston stack where I'm stacking Devers, Duvall, Turner type of thing. But if you want to give me Yoshida and a couple of cheap young guys, I, I'm okay with that. Miami at New York facing the Mets. Eight total Marlins, a one thirty favorite. We got Garrett and Luke C. Um, any interest here in Braxton Garrett? Don't think I can do it um, against the Mets here. Just the leash is a little bit of a concern. He has been over 90 and three straight, which is nice to see. For a while there, they were keeping him down in the, the high 70s, mid 80s. But he, he's been over 90 in his last three. So maybe a little bit more in play than I'm giving him credit for here. Great ballpark to pitch in in City, City Field. But the Mets don't strike out a ton. Like There's some other plays in this range that, that I certainly prefer. Yeah, I think he's playable today. Um, you mentioned good ballpark. And Mets dealing with a few injuries right now. Like Alvarez might not be in the lineup. We know like Marte's on the IL. Um, Nimmo is banged up, which, I mean, maybe that hurts us because it's lefty-lefty. But, I mean, realistically, like with the lineup that could be rolling out there, we're just kind of fading Alonzo and Lindor. And I think that Garrett has enough upside 
that we could definitely do it. The only problem is this would be the fourth start against the Mets this season, and he just faced them last time out. So, I mean, that's always something that's on my, my mind here. So, do I love it? No. Do I hate it? No. I mean, I think that he's a viable option today. And I mean, just maybe a pivot off of Miller. I don't, maybe Miller doesn't get a ton of ownership in cores. We'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of interest in Miller today. Uh, Luke C on the other side of this game, 7,200. I mean, good ballpark. Miami is still very, very much involved in playing for something. I probably don't touch Lucchese today. No interest in Lucchese for me. Uh, very low strikeout rate. Miami has been much better against left-handed pitching this season than they have been against right-handed pitching. Um, just I don't see the upside, and I actually like Miami bats a bit here. Yeah, I kind of like the Miami bats as well. Um, I think Soler is one of the top hitters on the entire slate. Like He has just been like elite one of, I mean, one of the top five hitters in baseball against left-handed pitching this season. So I think Solaire, uh, just a phenomenal spot. He's been hitting well. I think he has a hit in five straight games. Um, I think this is a great power upside spot for him. And, you know, you pair him with like a, a Jake Berger and go lefty lefty with jazz. And it's an expensive stack that I don't think a lot of people will be on today. Yeah. I, I, Completely echo everything you just said. Solaire is one of the top bats on the slate for me. Love the burger call. He's been incredible against lefties as well. I, I think I can full stack this. Like I can add in a guy like Josh Bell, who's been better since coming to Miami. Uh, De La Cruz is serviceable against lefties. Um, Jazz is certainly playable in any matchup. A walk and a stolen base. I mean, he's expensive, but... Also should get a couple of bats against the bullpen. But, um, yeah, I, I'm in love with the three-man of Solaire, Berger, and fill in the third. And I, th I think I'll have a couple of full stacks of them as well. The only reason that I don't have a ton of interest in the full stack is the ballpark um, more than yeah, anything fair. else. Like the Mets bullpen, bottom 10 bullpen. I, I mean, I hear your points there for sure. Uh, Mets bats. I mean, it's the two guys I said it's Lindor, it's Alonzo. Um, Alonzo's 5,300, so he's not like 6,500 against the lefty. Um, always very much in play. Just, I mean, 45 home runs on the season, just having a, another phenomenal year. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, Alonzo Lindor, that's about it. Mauricio, I suppose, the price is coming up, but man, this dude has has a ton of power. Um, one of the top exit velocities since, since his call-up. Price is up to 4,100. He's not not 
2,500 anymore, but still in play. Second base eligibility is is a huge help as well. Um, I could make that a three-man, but Garrett's a, a pretty decent pitcher. I think I prefer just chasing home runs here. All right, heading to Atlanta. We got Chicago Cubs, Atlanta Braves. Big series for your, your Cubbies here. Uh, nine yeah, and a half total be, in this be a game. Season ender, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, if they could squeeze one or two here, it'd be huge for them. Yeah. Uh, nine and a half total. Braves are one fifty favorite. We got Steele and Elder facing off against each other. Um, Justin Steele having a phenomenal year. Tough matchup, man. There's not many pitchers I'm going to take against the Braves. I will say the only reason that I would have some interest here is like we just get a really bad Braves give the guys a day off type of lineup but with them off on Monday I highly doubt we get that type of lineup so probably not gonna have interest in Steel today yeah you just can't do it at 9900 um Steel was in in the Cy Young race going into that matchup against Arizona Arizona was behind the Cubs in the the wild card race going into that series I went to this game and Seal just got his face punched in. And that like that was kind of like we were excited about the Cubs going into the playoffs to kind of like looking ahead to, to next year. That was very much a turning point in the season for me as a fan. Um, then Steele was very bad against Pittsburgh the next time out too. So Steele kind of laying an egg down the stretch here in very important games for the Cubs has been a problem. There's, there's no way I'm playing 9,900 for him again, here against Atlanta. Uh, just from a Cubs perspective, they ha- this is a game they need. Like they should, this is a better pitch, the best pitching matchup they'll have of the series. Steele's been their best pitcher all season long, so they need him to show up. But even if he shows up and puts up seven solid innings, like ninety nine hundred is just too much here against the Braves. All right, going to the other side of this game, Elder. You know his biggest struggles is left handed hitters and. I think the Cubs have more than enough lefties to attack with Elder. Um, no interest for me in Elder today. Yeah, no no interest in Elder for me either. I have a lot of interest in the Cubs' bats today. Um, Touchman, Hap, Bellinger. I think all these guys are, are very interesting. You know, if I'm going to get three or four of these guys, I'll definitely be looking to find that other couple pieces. I think the Cubs, like, playing for something, great matchup against Bryce Elder. Bryce Elder is a hittable pitcher um and he'll he'll struggle with walks from time to time so like you get one of those like three to five walk games um he'll give up you know six to ten hits in a start like i could see the cubs being a difference maker on on the tournament slate today yeah love love the lefties in this spot bellinger super expensive it's going to cost you a dodgers bat if you want to go up there um still still above 6k but elder we've been talking about elder splits for a long time um terrible against lefties so that's what we're targeting here hap at 4500 a great option talkman if he's in the leadoff spot at 3500 absolutely love that um if crow armstrong would happen to crack the lineup he hasn't played very much since getting called up um but talented prospect at 2300 i think he you could punt him even if, he, if he's batting eight eight or nine um the full stack is a little tough just because Elder is pretty good against righties, but give me three of these lefties for sure. Uh, going to the Atlanta side here. Um, I mean, Steele's a good pitcher, but Atlanta's super expensive. I really think like the only way that I'm playing Atlanta in this spot is a stack. Like I'm just figuring out a stack, making it work. Like I think you could one off like Ozuna under 5K, the way he's been hitting lefties this year, but. Overall, I think like if I'm playing this team, I really want to stack them. 
Yeah, I agree. And it's tough to stack them, like a full stack especially. And the other thing is, like, the Braves have been outstanding against lefties, but part of the way to fit Brave stacks in since they've been just on this absolute tear since, like, June 1st or whatever is Eddie Rosario and Michael Harris being value bats. But now they're lefty-lefty. Um, and Steele is pretty pretty um, neutral split. So, like, it's not the, the worst ideal in the world, but just not something that you love. I will say Arcia is a guy who has hit lefties extremely well. He's 3,800. He might be a, a way to make this work. But I agree with your take that if you're going to play Braves, you want to stack them. And you're just you're hoping that Steele is tired. He's at a, a career high in innings. He has been beat up his last two times out. Maybe he just ran out of gas this season and the Braves absolutely destroy him. And then you get into the very vulnerable early part of the Chicago Cubs bullpen. So it's it's a stack for me if I'm playing him. And I think you do have to play a couple of them just because of the upside and, and Steele's recent form. St. Louis at Milwaukee taking on the Brew Crew. Eight total in this game. Brewers, a 160 favorite. We got Hauser and Thompson. Uh, any interest here in Zach Thompson? I've played a little bit of Thompson here down the stretch. Um, pretty decent strikeout rate. The guy's 5,500, but like this matchup against the Brewers has been a really difficult one for lefties down the stretch. Um, the Brewers have just been an incredible offense in the second half. A couple of additions that eliminated a bunch of strikeouts. Um, I don't think I need to do it today. I, we, I love Michael King at 6K for just 500 more. They're, we're still getting Blackburn is in the next game that we're, we're going to talk about him a little bit too. So don't think I necessarily need Thompson. If Blackburn happens to get super popular, like I know King's going to have some ownership and I'm okay with that because he has just crazy upside. If Blackburn has some ownership and I'm looking for a pivot, maybe I get some Thompson, uh, but I don't love the matchup here. Yeah. I mean, I like the price King's going to be chalky. I don't think I can do it. Um, but if I'm playing like 20 entry max, like I think he'd be in my player pool or really close to being in my player pool. Uh, because I mean, we're going to talk about some really bad pitchers down here in this price range. So like it, I think like Blackburn, Blackburn King Thompson, yeah. maybe Hauser on the other side of this game would be like the options that we're potentially looking at here um let's talk about hauser um i mean on paper the cardinals good offense but i mean now Contreras on the il arnado on the il gorman on the il like now we're getting like a triple a cardinals lineup um i mean obviously the top of half of the lineup with new bar edmund and goldschmidt still very very tough but i mean the bottom half of this lineup is just a bunch of call-ups and you know show us what you have type of lineup so I, I could see potentially taking some shots on hauser i also could see like stacking st louis in this spot too so i don't have like a strong take either way i, I just think that like hauser under 7k is okay yeah i mean i, I hear you the, it's definitely a cardinals watered down lineup but i just hauser is not a guy i love to play in dfs strikeout rate under 20 percent he if he was cheap like i think i would rather take this take shots on the strikeout rate for Thompson for 1300 less than play a little bit of Hauser. Um, we'll see what the, the St. Louis lineup looks like, but even though it's a, a watered down lineup, I still believe in some of the talent of these guys like Walker. I, I fully believe he's going to be a great hitter for a long time. It does fall off pretty quickly. Um, like they've got Palacios in there quite a bit now. Um, 
yeah, I mean, look, looking at, at the, their potential options, it is definitely a watered-down lineup. I don't hate it. It's just I don't know if the strikeout upside is there. I love the strikeout upside for Blackburn at, at the same price. I think the strikeout upside for Thompson is is just as good for a little bit cheaper as well. Yeah. Um, gosh, you just look at this lineup right now. Like I, I was it's, semi, yeah, it's bad. Like semi. I was trying to make like, an. <laughs> I was trying like, to make an argument, uh, and then I saw the lineup, and I'm like, yeah, may, maybe you're onto something here. I don't. I don't think it's crazy by any, any means, and I I can count the amount of times I played Adrian Hauser in DFS on on one hand, probably. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like Win is. I think Win's their top prospect in the organization. He just hasn't shown a ton of stuff, and like everything I've read on like Win is like he's more of a glove than he is like a a hitter. Um, and he's very but, raw still like yeah like he he has some potential um but he's still very raw and de- definitely is more toolsy than he is production right now oh yeah so i mean you're getting like you're getting some prospects in this lineup but i mean if you look at the cardinals like top prospects like a lot of them are still like single a double a like so they're not even like ready like prospect wise like the Cardinals made a run at trying to be good for a few years and um, it didn't work out this year for sure. So um, Baker 2300, he has some pop, but I mean, are you really going to play him at first base? Probably not. Uh, Cardinals bats for you. I mean, they are going to, we're going to get some cheap bats here. Yeah. I, I like the cheap three man. Um, Walker is, is the primary piece. I like Newt bar, but I, the price at 4,600 is tough to get to. Um, Palacios is is not really a prospect. He's kind of bounced around between a couple of or organizations after after failing out a little bit. But he's cheap and he's been hitting in the middle of the order. Um, Win at the bottom has some speed upside. If you if you can get him on base, he can certainly steal a couple for you. It's just getting on base is kind of the challenge right now. Irving Lopez has second base eligibility. Another prospect that they just called up. Not a super elite type prospect at all. Um, but they're they're all cheap. That's the point. Like. You can find three of these guys under 3K, or or you can add um, Walker to that, who is who's just 3,900. Palacios at 3,200. You can definitely find three of them. Hauser's not not a matchup to be afraid of by any means. Uh, Milwaukee bats. I think Milwaukee is a really sneaky stack. Like again, this is the time of year we're looking for teams playing for something. The the Brew Crew are like a couple one or two games away from like clinching um i think they only need to win one so like uh, maybe this is the spot that we just see the brew brew crew go bonkers to clinch this division yeah i I have some interest here uh william Contreras is is one of the top options on the slate for me catcher eligibility he's expensive Uh, i know some of us don't like to spend up for catcher but i think he's worth it today Donaldson has kind of had a little resurgence here since coming coming over to the Brewers. He's still cheap at 3,900. Canna's left these really well in his career. 3,700 there. Um, Monasterio is, has some skills at 3,100. Um, Santana is, has been better since coming over to the Brewers as well. Adamas and, and Yelich are obviously elite bats. Both of them better against righties, but Certainly Adamus, I like at 4,400. I don't know if I, I'd probably leave Yelich out of my stack at 5,200 just because of the price tag, and he's and he's much better against righties. But this this Brewer stack, I'm I'm very interested in as well. 
All right, moving on. We got Oakland at Minnesota. These are two teams, and they're still playing baseball. Um, it's that time of the year. <laughs> no total in this game. Over against Blackburn. Blackburn, 6,700. Potential pivot off a of King. Potential pairing with King to get like an Atlanta stack or a Dodgers stack. Like, um, I mean, Paul Blackburn's not someone that I, I typically will play a lot of, but I could see him scoring like, 15 to 20 points um against like again a minnesota team now no lewis no buxton no correa they were already a really heavy strikeout team like you look at the projected starting lineup and they're gonna have a lot of call-ups and young hitters in this lineup which i mean you're gonna get added strikeout upside so i think blackburn is firmly in play today yeah absolutely i've hinted at it a couple of times i love the spot for him Minnesota has, has been one of the highest strikeout teams all season long, and you just named off three of their absolute best hitters who are on the injured list. Um, it's going to be a watered-down Minnesota lineup. Blackburn is a guy who's taken a jump in strikeout rate this year. I think 6,700 is too cheap for this matchup. If he goes under the radar, I'm happy to pivot away from King, who's facing a Yankees team for the second time in a row. I also like pairing King and Blackburn together and just paying up for all the bats. I, I think that's very viable on the slate. Yeah, and like they're they're not going anywhere. Like they are where they're at in the playoff situation. They are they've clinched the division. They have nothing to really play for. They're not gonna catch Texas or Baltimore or Tampa if Tampa Bay like goes above Baltimore. Like whoever wins like the West. And whoever wins the East, Minnesota's just not catching them. Minnesota's going to be playing that wild card game. And, uh, I mean, like, Buxton's getting closer to being back. But everything I've read is they're being very slow and careful with the knee because there's no reason to rush him back right now. So just a heavy strikeout Minnesota team with, honestly, just nothing to play for at this point of the season. So, um, yeah. And, like, the other side of this game – I think like Bailey over I worry about his pitch count because like I just said, they don't really have anything to play for. So like if he throws six clean innings and he's at like 90 pitches, he probably doesn't come back out. But I mean, you like the matchup. You love a matchup against Oakland. He's been hit or miss recently. This could be a really good, like get right spot for him um, to get ready to, you know, make potentially a playoff run. Yeah, I think you make some interesting points there about the pitch count because I was going to make some comments about him being over 90 in the last two after like he like they, they've been careful with him all year. They haven't been willing to push him. Um, but I think now that they've clinched, that's a really great point and probably looking at a ceiling of like 90, maybe 95 if you're lucky. Uh, but you definitely have some interest here. He's got a slightly above average strikeout rate, almost 24% on the season, and it's a matchup against Oakland who we've attacked all season long. So he's in play. Um, the price is a little bit concerning if he's not getting over 90 pitches. And there's always the risk too, that they'll just, they'll pull him at 78 pitches or whatever. Um, like you said, if he's been through five or six, whatever number they have in mind, if they want five or six innings out of him and he gets through that, he's probably just done for the day. Um, so ownership, take a look at ownership. If he's really low owned, I, I still love some tournament darts. But people know to, to kind of attack Oakland by this point in the season. So I think he gets some ownership here. If he comes in 20% owned, I'd, I'd probably be under the field on that. You have to think he's their third starter or potentially fourth starter, I guess, because they have Lopez, Ryan, Sonny Gray. So he might He'd be, be fourth, like their, yep. and like 
uh, maybe move to the bullpen for the wild card round. But anyway, maybe he doesn't have a pitch limit. Maybe he does get normal pitches here. Um, I don't think they're as worried about like a fourth starter as they are like a one or two. So um, Oakland bats, any interest here in uh, Oakland? I mean, Ober's an above average pitcher. Oakland's one of the worst offenses in baseball, so not a ton. You can certainly hunt home runs against Ober. Um, Noda might be my favorite option there. Uh, Seth Brown would be fine. I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm stacking against Ober, but I don't mind trying to find a home run here. Yeah, I think home run chasing is always fine. Um, he's given up a lot more home runs to righties this season, so... Like right-handed power with like Roker or uh, Gilov. Like I, I think those guys are really interesting. Like plays. Um, don't mind the the Nada call as well at thirty-seven hundred. My my favorite bat here might be Roker at thirty-seven hundred. Um, if for some reason like Ruiz hits leadoff, I would have a ton of interest in him if he hits leadoff in this spot. But um, he hasn't been playing daily, so you gotta watch that. I mean. I don't know how a guy that has 65 stolen bases and hitting 250 is not in your lineup every single day, but it is Oakland. Um, Minnesota bats in this spot. I mean, we have interest in Blackburn, but do we have any interest in the Minnesota bats? I I honestly think Blackburn's going to be one of my highest on pitchers on this slate, just because I think King is going to come in with some ownership and then, like I said, I'm fine pairing them together, but I'm going to be looking for some pivots and spots too, where I'm a little, little chalkier in other spots. That being said, like Blackburn is certainly beatable. Like he's not some elite pitcher by any means, but just this, this uh, Minnesota lineup is dealing with so many injuries. They're very left-handed. So that that's a slight downgrade to Blackburn, but Kepler, Kirilov are, are fine. Wolner, Julian. The other thing is the, the twins pinch hit quite a bit. They're similar to San Francisco. In that, um, I don't know how many lefties the Oakland bullpen has at this point, but something to keep in the back of your mind. Maybe check the bat for for pinch hit risk if you have access to that. Certainly something I'll be doing, but like I, I might build a Minnesota stack or two just because I'll have so much exposure to Blackburn. Yeah, I mean, so you're a little concerned about the pinch hit risk, but like Walner has power, Kepler has power. Blackburn has had a little bit of like reverse splits when it comes to like home run power, which could play into the fact that one of the reasons why we like Blackburn so much here, but um, I don't mind taking a one-off power bat in like Kirloff, Kepler or Walner here um, to try to chase a home run against Blackburn. Uh, Arizona at Chicago taking on the White Sox. This game has a nine and a half total and the Diamondbacks, a one thirty favorite Urena and Zach Davies. What a baseball game. <laughs> um, Arizona. I mean, they, they're another team. You're, you're as a Cubs fan rooting against Arizona right now. Um, but they, they need every game. Zach Davies. We're not playing Zach Davies, right? No chance. Even against the White Sox. Jose arena actually pitched pretty well last time out. Uh, Babbitt was well on his side in a game where he threw six really good innings, they yanked him early at 70 pitches. Um, I Just not against Arizona, man. Like, good for him having a good start last time out, but this is not a spot I even want to remotely think about playing Jose Arena. Yeah, I mean, I just what is the upside here? Arizona is one of the heaviest contact teams in baseball. Like, I don't know. Like, I think there's some encouraging signs from Arena, but 
I'm not doing it here against Arizona. No way. Encouraging signs is great, just not against this team. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk bats. I think this is a really interesting game for bats. Um, On the Arizona side, Kettle Marte is a little banged up. Um, He sat out Monday with an illness. We'll see if he's back or not. But, I mean, Carroll, I think one of the top hitters on the slate. Pairing Carroll with, uh, like, a Christian Walker um, is something I definitely don't mind here. Looking at Arizona's stack as a whole, like if Alec Thomas cracks the lineup with a good lineup spot, I like him. Like you could go Carroll, Fam, Walker, Thomas, and then find a fifth piece with like a Gary L. Or if someone draws a good lineup spot, if Marte sits. So yeah, very interested in the Arizona bats in this spot. Yeah, I am as well. Interesting signs are not from Urania. He's a guy that we've chased power against for multiple years now. Um, Arizona's one of the top stacks on the slate. Love, love Carroll. Love the Alec Thomas call. He is so cheap, and he's been hitting in like the three or five spot in the order pretty frequently here. So he he might be my favorite bat, cheap bat on the slate. Love Tommy Pham in this spot. Also hits in the middle of the order, really cheap. Like outside of Carroll, if especially if Marte sits, like Marte and, and Walker in the 4K range, everybody else is below 4K. I, it's a cheap stack. It's a fantastic spot. The White Sox bullpen is terrible. They traded away a bunch of relievers at the trade deadline. So like, I think Arizona might be my second favorite stack on the slate outside of the Dodgers and course. I think the White Sox are an interesting team today as well. Um, I know a lot of us have kind of given up on the White Sox. Uh, Robert dealing with like a little bit of a knee injury, but like, look at the pricing on the White Sox against Zach Davies today. Like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, I don't love the White Sox in general, but I think this is a team you could look at for a secondary stack um, if you wanted to on the slate. And it could easily pay off. It could easily pay off in this matchup against Zach Davies. Zach Davies is not going to throw the ball by anybody. Yeah, completely agree. I think this is going to be like the chalk cheap way. Like, obviously, we're going to be playing some Dodgers and trying to save money elsewhere so that we can get decent enough pitching into our lineup, especially if you're not in love with the Blackburn play. Like I think King is going to going to be a popular pairing with Dodgers, but I think White Sox are going to be a little popular with, with Dodgers as well. Like it's, it's a great matchup against Davies gives up a ton of home runs, a ton of power. Um, and they're all under 4k except for, for Luis Robert. So certainly they're, they're very much in play. Love this spot. Mankata at 3,800, probably my favorite price considered. Jimenez at 4K is still too cheap. Davies gives it up to both sides of the plate too. So definitely one of the top cheap stacks on the slate. I mean, like Anderson's down here, Vaughn's down here. Like, yeah, yeah, Mankata, like you mentioned, just a cheap. if he's in there. Yeah, just cheap stack. Like I more of like probably like a secondary stack for me, but a cheap secondary stack, so. We need some cheap secondary stacks, Keith, because Dodgers and Rockies in course. Uh, Bobby Miller against Ryan Feltner. This is the second game of a doubleheader, but they have been leaving these games on the slate with the early doubleheaders, so I'm assuming that they'll leave this one on the slate. I really wish they'd just take it off, um, but, I mean, that's (laughs) just me. Uh, Let's talk Bobby Miller. I think Bobby Miller is an extremely talented pitcher. This is a tough matchup in cores, ballpark-wise, but lineup-wise. I mean, the Rockies have one of the worst lineups in baseball. Um, I have a lot of interest today in Bobby Miller. Second half of a doubleheader. Like, 
does does Blackman play both games? Does Chris Bryant play both games? Like we could get a watered down Rockies lineup in cores, low ownership because it's in cores. I think Miller could have like 25 plus point game here. Man, I, I completely agree with you. And I'm glad that he's priced up too, because if he was 8K in this spot, he would be chalk, I think. Um, an elite fastball from Bobby Miller. We know that the velocity is not affected while some a lot of breaking pitches are. But Bobby Miller lives on his fastball. That, I think yep. that plays, like that translates to Coors. I think this is a fantastic spot. I'm completely on board with this uh, from you. He's been real, really good recently. They've been letting him go deep. Um, he's been close to 100 in three out of his last four, over 90 in all four of those. It, he, like, it looks like he's like coming into his own down the stretch. Like Early in the season, we knew he was super talented, but the strikeouts weren't quite, quite there. Now it seems like the strikeouts are coming along. He's really starting to find his groove in the majors. Um, excellent matchup. I know the ballpark is, is awful, but the, the Colorado lineup is awful as well. Um, I'm, I'm going to be throwing some Bobby Miller fastballs in, in my lineups for sure. Yeah, one of the top prospects here, and it, it's starting to finally show. You know, this is a guy came into the season top 50 prospect. I think he was second in the Dodgers organization coming into the year, and they need him. I mean, they're they're hurting a little bit. So, like you said, lives on the fastball and slider, and even sliders are more side-to-side movement, and we know that cores affects more like breaking ball downward type pitches. So, um, I mean, he, he really can live on a fastball slider changeup here and kind of abandon the curveball a little bit in this spot, and I think he just has tremendous upside against this lineup. So um very interested in Bobby Miller today. I I can tell you I'm very, very interested in not playing Ryan Feltner here. I know um really good start last time out against the Padres. Some would say gutless Padres in chat. Um, but yeah, no interest whatsoever in Feltner here. Yeah, no, no chance. I mean, the Dodgers top stack on the slate. We'll see what the lineup looks like. Um, you know, I will say. They're going to face a righty in the in the early game as well of this doubleheader. So we probably get pretty normal lineup in the early game and we'll see who plays the second half. Like, I don't I think like one of like Mookie, Freeman, Muncy, JD, I, I'd be shocked if JD plays both games, even in a DH role. Um, but I wouldn't I'd be shocked if like Muncy plays both games. So like we could get cheaper Dodgers in this like second part of the doubleheader as well, which. <laughs> just man sets everything yeah just sets I, didn't, everything. I did not even consider this angle but you're absolutely right like if we get a b lineup from the dodgers here like how chalky are they going to be like if if they rest bets and smith and martinez or something like that or muncie like man like we're gonna be playing some some hayward long baby <laughs> yeah and they're all under 4k and they're facing ryan feltner so i know those aren't great hitters but they're in Coors Field and they're facing Ryan Feltner. So this is going to be a really interesting slate just because of this dynamic here. Yeah, I don't I don't think Michael Bush is back up with the big league club yet. Um, but if he were to get called up and play in this doubleheader because they get that travel, man, I, I forget how exactly it works. And he might be yeah, on the it's road. it's basically just a free roster spot. Yeah, he might be on the road team anyway right now because like the triple A season is kind of finishing out. Um, but Michael Bush is 2k. He's minimum salary. Um, if he were to somehow crack the lineup here on the doubleheader, but yeah, very interested in the Dodgers. Um, Rockies, I mean, if they come in at lower ownership, I, I could see maybe stacking them just because of the ballpark. But I mean, like, 
we're getting into like the end of September. It's not like Coors is as good as it was like in the middle of summer. Yeah, it's still a rookie pitcher making his first Coors field start ever, I think. I don't I don't believe he's pitching Coors this year, but like you can always take shots on that. It's on paper not a good spot for the Colorado for Colorado at all. Um, it's not a talented lineup at all. At least they do have a couple competent major league hitters back now and Charlie Blackman and Nolan Jones has been really good. Chris Bryant's back. McMahon's still in there. So at least you can put together three or four you feel pretty good about. It, like it's simply more of a hedge. I think I'll have more Bobby Miller than I'll have Colorado stacks for sure. Um, but it's course field, so you, you can certainly play him. All right. Um, moving on. We got Texas LA. This is a frustrating baseball game right now. One nothing game. Um, we have Heaney, it sounds like, against Detmers. Um, Heaney has kind of been in like a long relief, like bullpen role. So I don't know what we'll be looking at for Texas starting pitching wise, um, which kind of stinks because we love, you know, starting pitchers against the Angels right now. But if it is Heaney starting, it'd probably be like an opener situation. Um, I don't expect him to throw more than like three innings here. What are your thoughts? Like this could be like it was Dunning last time, wasn't it? It was Heaney, then Dunning came in or something like that, or Dunning yeah. started and Heaney came in. So um I, I don't know. I if Dunning moved to a starter and got announced a starter here, I'd probably have a little bit of interest, but that's four days for him, so I highly doubt it's gonna be him. Um I don't know. Uh, this is a situation that's fluid and we'll have to kind of see how it pans out. Yeah, definitely. I'm I think that you're exactly right. Yeah, Heaney and Dunning piggybacked last game and or like they both threw Dunning threw five and a third on the same day that Heaney did, September 22nd. So if Heaney's going two innings here and we're gonna get Dunning for five, Dunning might but be I a sneaky little if... play. He's he's priced up though, is the only thing. He's seventy nine hundred. I just had to check his price, but yeah, but Dunning's on four days rest, so I don't. I doubt it would be him. But so so is Heaney. Yeah, but Heaney's only throwing thirty pitches. Dunning threw seventy five and seventy five. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair points. Um, and he's probably too expensive to consider anyway. But I'm always interested in ta- in attacking this Angels lineup. Um, I faded it on Monday night with I took John Gray under five and a half strikeouts, and he got back on track. The other side of this game, Patrick <laughs> Sandoval, I have no idea why his strikeout prop was six and a half. I took him under six and a half at, at, with some juice and then under five and a half with plus money, and he just got yanked after three innings and two strikeouts. So that was probably the easiest strikeout bet I've made of the year, I think, outside of maybe a couple of Cole Reagan's ones. But anyway, b- back to this game. I, I don't have any interest in Heaney whatsoever. Um, other side, and even I'm not trying to figure out with Dunning being priced up at 7,900, unless we got solid word from a beat reporter that he was definitely pitching the bulk, I wouldn't even consider it. But attacking this Angels lineup is something I would be interested in. Um, On the Angels side here, Denmers has been a lot better, but I'm just not playing lefties against Texas with, with this healthy lineup. Like getting Jung back, Dolis missed some time as well. Like those two hitters are absolutely a, a lead against lefties. So, while I do like what I've seen with Detmers, he's kind of found that beginning of the season form in his last couple here. Strikeouts have really come back in a big way. 
he's cheap at 7,300. I'm, I'm scared of this Texas offense at this point. Yeah, I mean, the lineup that they rolled out on Monday night was a really good lineup against left-handed pitching. And I mean, they really didn't, they really haven't got anything going yet. Um, but yeah, not, not touching Detmers here. Like you said, though, he's done a great job recently limiting power and, you know, the strikeouts have been up. So like, if you are looking for a super contrarian pitcher, I don't know if I necessarily would talk you off of him either, but um, a spot that I'm probably not going to get to today. Texas bats. I don't mind going back to the well on Garcia, Jung, um, Garver, or Heim, whoever catches here. Probably not a full stack for me, but I, I think that like the Texas righties are very much in play again today. Yeah, definitely agree with you. Obviously frustrating. They couldn't get to Sandoval. They, they took a bunch of walks, which is part of why Sandoval is out of the game already. Um, but the upside against lefties for this team is just enormous with Jung and Garcia back in there. Seager has been awesome against lefties. He is super expensive. He'll be completely unowned in this spot, I think. Um, Simeon is is fine at 6K, but Jung and, and Garcia at a significant savings from those two are definitely where I'm going to have the most exposure. Jonah Heim is the other guy, fills the catcher position. 3,900 has had a good season against lefties. I prefer him slightly over Garver, who's weirdly had reverse splits this season after mashing lefties for most of his career. Um, Grossman is another guy who's been awesome against lefties. He's 3,100. Um, I, I probably have one full Texas stack. If I'm building 20 lineups, maybe maybe a couple of them, but the the three man of like Jung, Garcia, and Haim or Grossman is elite in my opinion on uh, in this spot. Uh, Angels bats here. It's so tough. Um, if it it's going to be a bullpen situation, I probably am underweight on the Angels here. But I will say, like, if it is. A lefty like Adele, Ohape, Renfro, all would be interesting plays um, depending on like what we're looking at pitching wise here. Yeah, I mean, they're getting, I would think, at least one at bat off, well, certainly one at bat, probably two at bat off of Heaney if he can go two or three. So I love those three that you just named there Adele, Ohape, Renfro, even Gritchick. Um, it, it's a little bit diff, difficult if Heaney's only going two innings here and then we've got somebody like Dun, Dunning coming in behind. Uh, but trying to find a cheap home run, I, I think, is certainly in play. The Rams' offensive line looks like they're on skates. Padres at Giants, eight and a half total. Pick them game, Harrison and Lugo. Um, any interest here in Seth Lugo? I do. I've been attacking this Giants lineup quite a bit here recently. Seth Lugo has been an above average starting pitcher this season. Um, strikeout rate is all the way up at 26%. The The leash was elite in the beginning of this season. He dealt with an injury. He's been back up to 95 and 99 pitches in his last two. Like 8,400 is too cheap for Seth Lugo and the upside that he possesses in this matchup. It's a great pitcher's park there in San Francisco and San Francisco is one of the highest strikeout teams in baseball. So I, I will definitely have some Seth Lugo. If um, Miller gets popular in Coors Field, I may even end up with more exposure to Lugo than than Miller. Yeah, I, I think Seth Lugo is a phenomenal. Why are they punting? What just happened? It's six minutes to go. You're down by – it's a two-position. Like, why are you punting? <laughs> Coaches in the NFL, I don't get it. Oh, um, man. There's like, math, some, like, math just... actually, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, 
I don't know. I'm not paid millions to coach football teams, but there's no chance I'm punting in that situation. Like, if you're if you're gonna try to stop them anyway, like try to hold them to a field goal. If you don't get the fourth down, it's still a two possession game with a field goal. Seth Lugo, I think, is a great option today. Like you said, the Giants have been a team we can pick on um, a lot, and yeah, I mean, I think this is a spot you could definitely take some shots. Kyle Harrison on the other side of this game, very talented young pitcher. Um, we haven't seen it fully yet. This is a tough matchup against this um, Padres team. They are a very good team against left-handed pitching. Their strikeout rate, very low. They can throw a lot of righties at him. Um, i probably put Harrison on the on the shelf today. I think so, too. Um, I Like, I love this guy. I love his talent. The walks haven't been like a horrendous issue like they were in the minors so and maybe that's part of why the strikeouts are slightly down like they're they're wanting him to focus on throwing strikes a little bit here Uh, but just truly believe in the talent would love to play him on a different slate even in a tough matchup but don't think we need him here today chat's like what was the point of the field goal that is what we're talking about the worst oh what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah padres bats um Man, I just – I like the talent for Harrison, but he's also giving up a lot of fly balls and hard contact to righties. I could see playing some right-handed bats against Harrison here. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. Um, Hassan Kim is a guy who I, I don't think he's going to get played in this spot, and dude's been awesome against lefties this season. Huge jump forward for him this year. Obviously, you've got the elite guys in Tatis and Machado. Probably don't play Soto lefty-lefty in the spot at, at 5,600, but Kim at 4,700, I love. Machado at 5,200, and Tatis is even below 6K now. So, like, you could do those and then throw a cheap guy. Campusano, the catcher, I think would be in my stack for sure as well at 3,500. I, I, I saw a stat earlier today. Juan Soto, in 10 games against the, the Giants this year, he has six home runs. Um, Interesting. Fun. fun. BVT, batter versus team. <laughs> Cardi's mind is blown. All right, um, Giants bats against Lugo. Like Flores banged up now, um, dealing with a knee. Didn't even play on Monday. I just don't see a ton of upside here in the Giants. I mean, you could always talk me into playing Jock Peterson or Yaz um, at their current pricing, but I think this is one of the reasons that we like Seth Lugo today. Yeah, I just I don't have any faith in this Giants offense. It's a pitcher's park for sure. They do the pinch hit thing. I don't see any reason. Like I, I believe Seth Lugo has has taken a real step into a starting rotation. And I mean, he's kind of proved this year that he's an above average starter. So a lineup that I don't like to play anyway. Tough park and a good pitcher on the other side. I'm out. All right, we finished it out with a series that matters a ton. We talked about yesterday. Houston at Seattle taking on the Mariners eight total in this game. Mariners at one forty-five favorites. Um, I don't just favorites because they're at home. Maybe I don't know. Um, I don't know how you have Houston as a as a plus one twenty-four money line here, but they are. I mean, um, the pitching slightly. I guess Kirby's been really good this year, and Javier struggled, but that's kind of we'll, been, we'll talk about it. Javier's been a lot better here recently, though. Like yep. you look at recent pitching for Christian Javier. We're not getting those like five or six walk games. Um, you know, that's always the biggest thing with him. His strikeouts have been phenomenal. And 
there's plenty of strikeouts in this lineup. I, I think like Javier is a boom bust pitcher. If he's not walking guys and striking guys out, he has a ton of upside. It's just more of, you know, can he, can he command the game control wise enough to hit his ceiling? I hope Christian Javier is low owned today because he will be my favorite tournament pitcher. He's a, you nailed it. He's a boom bust pitcher. He has immense strikeout upside. He didn't show it to us for a long time this season. 11 strikeouts in a tough matchup against Baltimore his last time out. His opponent is Seattle, another boom-bust spot. Ton of power in the lineup, but also a ton of strikeouts. It would not surprise me at all to see Christian Javier throw up another double-digit strikeout game here. I think 8,000 is too cheap for his upside. It's possible that Seattle hits three home runs off of him, absolutely, but I think it's just as likely that he comes out here and strikes out 9 or 10. Um, Kirby, like you said, he's been great this year. I can't play him. I, I can't do it. Like his strikeouts have dipped a little bit. He's been getting hit a lot more. He's allowed at least three earned runs now in six straight starts. And Houston is really good. I mean, they're healthy and when they're healthy, they're really good. Um, so I have a hard time, you know, getting a lot of exposure to, to him just in this matchup alone. Yeah, I completely agree. Like Houston is a team that I just ran from any any pitching matchup against Houston the last two years before this season, just would not play a pitcher in DFS against them. They're back to that team at this point. Their strikeout rate over the last like 60 days is under 20%, the lowest in baseball, even lower than teams like Cleveland and, and Arizona that we've kind of been avoiding pitching matchups against all season long. So no way I'm paying 9,700 for Kirby uh, in this spot against this healthy Houston offense. There's the Garcia home run. Love to see nice. those Garcia home runs. Yeah. Um, Houston bats. I mean, they're, they're, we talked about it yesterday against Castillo. Castillo is a, a phenomenal pitcher. There's just so much upside. Punt again, third and th- fourth and three, two forty. Just punt. You're down by ten. No big deal. Um. <laughs> all right. Back on track. Sorry, distracted. But yeah, I think Houston is an interesting team just because, like. Even on a three-game slate, they didn't have a ton of ownership. Um, just, I, I mean, I get why, and I think that you're going to get them at even lower ownership on a bigger slate against a pitcher like Kirby, and they're just an elite offense. Garver just had a home run, too. He did. Back-to-back home oh, Texas, Texas starting to heat up. Yeah. Um, this, yeah, Houston is expensive, and I, I agree with you. Like, be, people are going to be scared of Kirby, and maybe right, rightfully slow, so. But just much like the, the like Atlanta's facing a good pitcher too. Like Steele's form hasn't been great, but I'm still playing some Atlanta just because they're an elite offense and they could explode on anybody. You knock Kirby out of the game early and get into the a weak part of the bullpen, and that's when the stack can really take off. Um, Alvarez is my favorite here, obviously, as, as he usually is 5,800, just one of the best hitters in baseball. Um, I think t- you find a way to get Tucker and Altuve in there too. That it's really expensive, but it's, it's worth doing just because of their upside. Um, finding there's, there's not like punts that you love to play. Like, especially if Maldonado's in there at catcher McCormick's priced up now, Abreu has, has had a really rough season. Um, so maybe maybe I just play the elite three man Altuve Alvarez Tucker something like that, and and not go full stack against Kirby and what is a very good Seattle bullpen as well. But I think the upside of of those hitters in particular, I, I'm worth chasing. I'm is worth chasing a little bit here. 
I think Nate Lowe just, I think they just went back to back to back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they have awoken. <laughs> um, hilarious. Like, hey, I'll keep doing it. Um, like I said, very, very heavy on this game. Seattle Bats. Um, gosh, like, I I respect the talent. I just, they, they haven't had, like, that, like, slate-winning ceiling. And Javier has been good. Like, if we look at, like, Javier's season numbers, like, you want to play left-handed power against him, like Riley and Kalenic, um, Kalenic, um But the bottom, like, Keith, the bottom half of the Mariners lineup, not so good right now. Like, um, Josh Rojos and, like, Canzone, France, like, these aren't, like, above-average hitters. Like, the bottom half of this lineup is just not great. I agree. I mean, that's why I love Javier today. Um, I think he has crazy upside. Kalanick and, and Raleigh are definitely the two that we're worried about. Uh, J.P. Crawford, I would put in a little three-man if you wanted to do it. Don't necessarily think he's a guy that's going to go nuts, but he hits leadoff. He's going to have plenty of opportunities. But the home run upside comes from from Raleigh and, and Kalanick. You can obviously play Julio against anybody, but he's he's super expensive. Um, and I'm really, I'm really chasing lefty power, like you said, and there just, there isn't a lot of it here to threaten Javier, which is why I'm on that side of this today, but he certainly is still an extreme fly ball pitcher who can give up multiple home runs in a start. So I do, I do have a little interest in Seattle. They're pretty cheap as well, but, but Kalanick at, at 3,800, I love that. And any lineup I don't have with Javier, I'd be fine with him as a one-off. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and we'll get out of here. Um, top shot, thank you. He says, Cheese and you two guys are the best in MLB breakdowns by a mile. Appreciate y'all. Well, we appreciate you for listening. You. Um, cheese, yep, is, absolutely. cheese is the goat. Absolutely. All right. Under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got getting some strikeouts today? I mean, it's got to be Michael King, over 30% on the year. Dude's looked incredible lately. Just just struck out 13 of these Yankees in his last one. Not even a fair question. Not <laughs> even a fair question. Um, I think I'm going to go Blackburn against Love Minnesota. It. But, yeah, King by by a mile. <laughs> over, <laughs> over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? I hate to say it, Stevie. It pains me. It hurts. But Justin Steele is probably not getting to 15 today against Atlanta. Oh, Puka to the one to the two. Oh, yeah. I know your boy Steele is going to struggle here. Um, yeah. I'm going to go Kirby against Houston. I think Houston's just such a, a stellar team overall that it's hard for me um, not to have not to have interest in the Houston bats and to be under on Kirby here. Let's run first and goal. From the three clock running, no timeouts. Let's just run the ball down their throat. Oh, wait, it's like <laughs> good is, is better though? than this. Like, yeah, he really is. But the, Puka is legit, man. Like, I don't think he's going anywhere for a long, even when Cooper Cup comes back. Like, Puka has to have a role, right? He's just been incredible. You know, good for like the Bengals have done really well, like defending him tonight. Um, I think that was like his first big play of the game. Um, I need a Stafford to like two two touchdown here. We'll see if we get it. Um, over four K to hit a home run. Who do you got going yard today? This is an elite spot for Jorge Soler. We both said it. Just yes. absolutely love him on the slate. Oh, phenomenal spot! Like I said, I think he's one of the top hitters on the entire slate. Absolutely love that call. 
Uh, I'm going to go Corbin Carroll for a home run today. I know he's not like this big power guy, but I mean, this is just spots don't get much better than f- facing um, Jose Arena. I think I just got my 2 2 touchdown. He's number five, right? Yep. Yeah, there you go. I got my 2 2 touchdown. Bang. Nice. All right. Uh, under 4K to get two hits, we're going to have the same guy. So I'm looking for somebody. Who do you got? <laughs> uh alec thomas is is my guy yeah in the middle of the I order knew you were gonna right when, right when <laughs> we were breaking down the game i was like oh why why even mention this guy um because i know keith is gonna anyway go ahead tell us why we like him i mean he's he's free he's hitting in the middle of the order and he's facing a guy in jose Urania who we, we've attacked for years so just way too cheap for this spot at one time, one of the top prospects in all of baseball, highly talented um, player, kind of has fallen off here. But give me Moncada at 3,800 against Zach Davies to get two hits today. Guy that kind of just needs to get it going. Um, really just needs like a healthy, full, full healthy season. Uh, stack to score, six or more runs. Who's getting the job done today? Arizona, just Arania, just not going to keep doing what he's doing. It's It's a lot of luck at this point. Yeah, I love that call. Um, I'm gonna kind of go a little off the board. I think that like this pitcher is honestly not that bad, but give me the Miami Marlins against Luke C today. Um, I think the Marlins are in a good spot. So like that's that gonna too. wrap it up. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I don't have anything else. All right, we'll be back tomorrow talking baseball, final week of the regular season. We will be doing um, some postseason breakdowns until NBA gets started. So um, we'll be doing a lot more like Monday night football, Thursday night football type stuff as well with the um, playoffs. So morning grind. If you are a daily listener, we're not going anywhere. We, we are going to keep talking over the next month until basketball gets rolling. It's October 24th, I think, is what I read earlier today. Hope everyone has a fantastic Tuesday. Back tomorrow. Have a good one. We'll see you then.